Hey, how you doing? My name is Luke Such. I'm Scott Meinema. And this is the Headwaters Church Podcast. And today we are talking about forgiveness. Yeah, you know, I think forgiveness is, uh, you know, if there's anything as Christians we ought to understand and get right, it's this idea of forgiveness. And yet, I think it's one of the most misunderstood topics in the church. Hmm. And in what way do you think it's misunderstood? Well, I, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe we need to start with well, that, what is it, and then some clarity, or or do you want to start on the negative side of where people miss? Yeah, I mean, starting on the negative side, that just wouldn't be my way. But <laughs> no, so sorry I, to bring us down here no, right no. at the beginning. I, you know, I think um, I think for a lot of Christians, they have a very therapeutic view of mm, forgiveness. Sure. And so when I say it's misunderstood, um, th- well, therapeutic view, the idea that... Um, I forgive I, I you know, to make me feel better? Yeah, that, exactly, right? I'm, I'm gonna, I need to be more forgiving because I don't want to be that kind of person that becomes mm. bitter. So I'm going to forgive, but that's mm. every, there's so many things that are wrong about that. Or, or the idea that, and I mean, this is something we can unpack, but this is the idea that forgiveness is unconditional. Okay. You know, that we just we're, we just forgive. There's there's no, uh, well there's no conditions to forgiveness. Or one of my favorites is when, you know, forgiving means I'm supposed to forget. Right. And well, I just have I have so much I have such a struggle with forgetting. So that must mean I don't. I didn't for- actually forget. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think of maybe I'm throwing you off, but uh, people who forgive out of social obligation. Yeah. Yeah. The the expectation that you're supposed to, and then uh, so I I forgive, but it, it isn't actually my heart posture. It's just it's something that I was really pressured into, and so okay, I guess so. You know, like yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of like deep down, or maybe even not so deep down. It's it's a begrudging forgiveness in air quotes, if you yeah. will. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's so many things that are wrong with that as well. Sure. Yeah. The <laughs> other the other piece I would say when we talk about forgiveness being misunderstood would be the idea that um, forgiveness is the goal of forgiveness, that we, we don't we don't consider or think about the fact that, well, forgiveness isn't the end game. It isn't mm. the end goal of forgiveness. There's a bigger, more glorious goal that forgiveness has in mind. So maybe that that's kind of the it's a means to an end and i'm sure we're about to talk about that yeah. at some point okay so that's why this topic because it's misunderstood yeah yeah we, we frequently miss it or maybe um it, we have a low resolution picture of forgiveness it may not be that all of the things we think about on forgiveness are wrong it's just that they're not very clear they're they're really fuzzy around the edges or possibly sometimes they are straight out wrong as well yeah i think yeah. both are, both are possible fuzzy unclear out of focus, um, I would just say that the scriptures, the gospel, has a much more robust and glorious view of forgiveness, and in some ways, uh, it is way harder and way yeah. bigger than we've ever thought about. Hmm. All right, so maybe we we begin with that kind of big picture. What is forgiveness? What what do we see biblically? What helps clarify that as a topic for us? Yeah, so without maybe going into a really long, laborious definition of forgiveness. I'm here for that long, laborious definition. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we have a part one, a part two, <laughs> part three, and part four. That's all just the definition, and then we'll start to get to application in just a moment. 
It's really, We're not Presbyterian. I'm just kidding. Keep going. Yikes. <laughs> so it's really giving up your right to remember or to get revenge for a hurt or for an mm. offense. It, it's, it's letting go of it as though it was never committed. Uh, it's the idea that you know the next offense is like the first time. Yeah. Uh, that's really what we what we mean. It, in other words, it's releasing somebody from their liability to suffer punishment or pil- penalty. It means to mm. like it means to let go or release or remit. It, it it's it it means to freely demonstrate favor. Right? Right. All 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 of that. It's kind of um, included in this idea of what is forgiveness. Yeah, I think I could, when I hear that description, um, I think I could like think about forgiveness from a few proper angles of, of I mean, like almost a legal way of like, I, I no longer have a claim to that. That mm-hmm. which I, I thought I, you know, I, I could go to a stand before a judge and say, look, I brought receipts, you know, they did fill in the blank. I have, I, I mean, you think of, in terms of literature, the great example is, is Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice, right? Like this pound of flesh that I, I have a right to this. Mm. And then to forgive is to say, I, I relinquish my right. Like there, there's no, it's no longer something that I'm holding on to. So there's like a legal like element to it. I'm not sure if, if uh, I, I'm not as well read on this topic as you are, that people typically point to a legal aspect of it biblically. But when I hear you talk about it, that's like one of the first things I think. But there's also obviously a relational element to this. Yeah. Like it's not just a like, okay, here's your formal proceeding. Okay, here's my receipt. I give it back to you. There, there's a a relational component that something was wrong between you and me, and I am going to remove that wrong from our account. Fair? Yeah, yeah very fair. Okay. I think it's really accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we when we think about what it is— I think any discussion on forgiveness, at least at the human level, right, or horizontally between one another, I think we first have to think about, we get our definition of forgiveness, we get the picture of forgiveness based on, well, based on how God forgives. So okay. maybe a good place to start is, yeah. what, you know, what does, what does God's forgiveness look like? What do we see from the biblical witness as to how God forgives us, and then can we apply the forgiveness that we get vertically, horizontally. Yeah. Yeah, and so and, and one of the things that we see when we look at just how God forgives, I mentioned earlier one of the ways this is misunderstood is that we think forgiveness is the goal of forgiveness. And when we think about it in the terms of our relationship with God, we understand forgiveness is only one aspect of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. I could say it this way, that I would argue from Scripture that reconciliation is the goal of forgiveness, not right. not feeling better, not becoming bitter, not just forgiving for the sake of forgiving, but forgiveness can only be understood within the context of reconciliation. So you're forgiven—again, we're talking vertically—the the, Forgiveness that we experience at salvation through the work of Christ is not there just so that we can feel better that that God no longer holds our sin against us. Oh, isn't that great? It's not just that. It is to remove the relational barrier between us and God. Yeah. 
So now the the forgiveness is a means to a greater end of reconciled relationship between humanity and God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I got it. When we think about how God forgives, I mean, there's a couple of things that we can maybe just tease out real quick before we start getting into maybe some of the practical aspects. But yep. when when God forgives, He removes, and this is kind of, I think, what you were alluding to earlier, He removes the liability for punishment. Yeah. And He promises, and we'll look at a couple of texts, but He promises, He doesn't forget. An omniscient God doesn't forget. Sure. But, I, it's not even possible, right? right. Like it's outside of the definition of God for Him to forget. That's right. Yeah. So... But, but what's even more wonderful and more glorious is that he chooses not to remember them against us. He promises not to bring as, them It's up. as if they aren't there. Right. Even though they still are, right? He, I mean, right, you talk about the omniscience of God, right? And, and I mean, the, the text I would always point is Romans 5, 8, that, like, while we were still sinners, like knowing full well the, like, the amount of guilt Christ died for us then. So God is in a disposition of forgiveness in the midst of us continuing to commit heinous acts of evil against him. Yeah. All right. That, that, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's jarring in and of it, itself it, when you stop it, to think about it. It is. I think of, so in this idea that he removes the liability for punishment, that he chooses maybe even a better word is promises hmm. not to remember them against us. Uh, a couple of passages, right? Jeremiah 31, 34. Yeah. Um, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord. Here it is. Yep. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Or, or Hebrews 8, you know, verse 12 is looking... Is look, looks back on these passages and 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 repeats them, but it's not like so. When God forgives, He doesn't have this lapse of memory. He chooses not to. Right. What do you do? Oh man, I can't. God, what is that? Uh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Tell me again. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, he's he's choosing. He's uh, actively saying what I could hold against you, I will not. I will forgive. Yeah. Quite literally. That's right. Yeah. He he's saying that he can't. It's not he's saying that he can't remember, but he's promising not to remember them. Hmm. It's a decision. It's not passive. It's active. Right. And uh, and so we get some clues, right, on how we are to forgive from from God. Okay. Now maybe this is too soon, but you you mentioned conditionality. So can you tease that out a little bit in terms of what does the conditionality of forgiveness mean? What does it not mean? Because we've talked about it a little bit before. I thought this might be something that you and I disagree on a little bit. And then as we continue to talk and go, I actually don't think we do disagree. I think perhaps um, really what I think it is, is that the common use of the word forgiveness is too broad for a biblical use, which is a little more specific in terms of how it's used and what it means. Yeah. And so uh, I probably have adopted a more common use of the word forgiveness. And some of that conditionality is where we kind of get tripped up. But so, yeah, go, go So when it. we think about how does God forgive, because before we get into the conditionality of the one another piece, okay. let's just, we're staying on the vertical uh, plane right now. So one of the ways that God 
when we think about reconciliation and forgiveness in the context of reconciliation, uh, I would I would suggest that God's forgiveness is conditional. God's forgiveness, in other words, is it unconditional? And I realize that raises um, maybe the the hair on our back, or and if you don't have hair on your back, <laughs> hair on your arms. But the, it, yeah, that the, gets the us... theological red flag for me like starts to go up when I hear that. Yeah. Like, oh, what, okay, what exactly do you mean? Because if you're not careful, that can lead you to a place where like, well, if you do fill in the blank, yeah. you could lose the forgiveness of God, yeah. right? Like th- right. If, you, if you misunderstand what you're saying here, you could get to a bad conclusion. Right. So that's not what you're saying. So what are you saying? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I, I mentioned earlier that forgiveness isn't the goal of forgiveness, that right. reconciliation is. Well, the, so we, we've, the one piece that we still are missing from our recipe is um, repentance, that Sure. When we talk about the formula for reconciliation, there's two components to it. There is repentance, and then there is forgiveness. And when repentance and happens, forgiveness happens, then reconciliation becomes possible. But if either one of those is missing, then reconciliation isn't possible. So when I say that forgiveness is conditional, what I'm suggesting is that it is conditional on repentance. God so here's the big statement. God's forgiveness is predicated on or condition, conditional based on our repentance. So um, again, a couple of a couple of passages, maybe just to um, tease that out a little bit. And these I'll use familiar passages um, that that I think will make it easier. You remember, we'll sneak up on it this way. You remember in First Kings, um, David wanted to build a tabernacle. God said, no, you're a man of war. Um, your son can build a tabernacle. Solomon builds a tabernacle. And prior, right before, in First Kings, prior to his prayer of dedication, um, he says in a um, prayer of blessing, he says, if there's famine in the land, if there's pestilence or, or blight or mildew or locust or caterpillar, um, he goes on, he says, whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by man or by all your people, Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his own hand towards his house. He's saying, if that happens, then, so there's this if-then statement, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each of those whose heart you know. Um, the, you, you see a, maybe a shadow of it there, but even more, um, even more fleshed out is in Second Chronicles 7, uh, verses 13 and 14. Um, God says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or, or send pestilence among my people, and now verse 14, which we're, we're familiar with, if, there it is, yep. if my people who are called by my name, if they humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, i.e. repentance, then, so we have an if, right. we have a then statement, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Sure. So there's this if then. Yeah. Um, First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, yeah. Yeah, there it is. And so, but what's the, the where we get, and, and maybe this is where the danger is. I think when we think about repentance, um, we would argue that God gets the glory both in in the whole reconciliation process. So we're still on the vertical level, yeah. but but 
whether we're talking about Ephesians 1 or you know, Romans 4, the idea is that God, the whole reconciliation process um, is initiated by God. He grants forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Rep- he grants repentance. He then, in, in other words, he enables us to understand our sin and empowers us to repent. We repent. He grants forgiveness, and then we become reconciled. That's a that's a, 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 a an abbreviated of... view of the gospel, but yeah. that's so he gets the glory for all of it. In none of that can I beat my chest and say, "But I repented." Yeah. But we see the formula. We see repentance. There's no forgiveness until there's repentance. Nowhere in Scripture do we see God granting forgiveness before there's repentance. So uh, when I hear you talk, again, the maybe it's a theological yellow flag. I, I start to put it back down when I hear the, the teasing out of it, because what essentially what you're saying is salvation isn't universal, right? Like the, there isn't a universalism to God's forgiveness. It's not right. applied to everyone. It's applied to those who repent. And who are those who repent? Those who God's granted to, right? Yeah. It, it is a gift of God. The even the ability for us to repent, the the analogy that I've used on this is that there's nothing natural to me that would choose to repent. If I were to give my kids, right, if I were to line my kids up at the island in my kitchen and I were to put a birthday cake on one side and a cup of broccoli on the other, <laughs> there's not one of my children that is going to choose what is actually good for them. It, it's just not, it's not native to them. It, it, what, everything that is native is immediate satisfaction, sugar and cake. And, and Scott's, it's native to Scott too. I can see it in his eyes. It's a chocolate cake. Scott is in on that. Um, we, we need something foreign to change our desire to even go. I, everything within me wants to choose self-glorification wants to choose pride, wants to choose vainglory, wants to choose the and some attempt to say, I'm the one who did this, instead of what we see biblically, that the even the act of repenting is enabled and, and empowered by God. He's the one who changes a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And so I don't get to claim credit for it, but I am still, it is still conditional upon it. Is yeah. It, is, yeah. It, is that yeah. a fair description of what we're going on here? Yeah, I think so. And and when I think about that again, and we, we again we talked about this a little bit, when I hear conditions and some of that language, I always start to think of the biblical covenants. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll find covenants that have a unconditional flavor to them, and sometimes you'll find covenants that have a far more conditional flavor to them. So you'll find with in, in some of the covenants with Abraham and you know. God will do it all. I'm going to bring this about in your life, regardless as to whether or not you do anything, Abraham. And then you'll have other, particularly you think of the Mosaic covenant, the giving of the law. If you follow these things, I will be your God. And I, and if you don't, here's what's going to happen to you, Israel. And, and you, you like kind of are set in this tension biblically. Is God's covenantal relationship with his people one of unconditional forgiveness and relationship? Or is it one of conditional justice and you do this, then you get? Yeah. And and this is a tension that we see in God's very character. So I think of Exodus 34. I love drawing people to this. When God describes himself, 
He's the Lord, the Lord abounding in steadfast love and mercy, forgiving the transgressions of his people. And you're like, oh, great. All that's the unconditional good side. And then you get the other side of it. But who will by no means, you know, uh, let the innocent or let the guilty off the hook. And you're like, well, which one is it? Are you abounding in steadfast love or are you going to not let someone off the hook? And the answer found in the new covenant is that it's still conditional, but Christ fulfills the conditions for us. Yeah. God does all the work. God does it. We get to enjoy the benefit. That's right. And even as you think about covenant, and and I appreciate you even bringing that up, whatever covenant we're looking at, all of it fits within this grand storyline of of redemption and reconciliation in Scripture. So as we think about covenant, um, we have to think about it within the big idea of God's work of redemption and reconciliation. I think of Deuteronomy— Twenty. I mean, you know, just even in the giving of the law, I, you know, if you think about Deuteronomy, God said, if you do these things, then I will do the... So if you obey me, then I will bless you. Right. If you disobey me, then, well, I'll wipe you off the face of the planet and make your name uh, a byword, right? I mean, and and so there is, there's condition in all of that. Um the new covenant, but as you've pointed out, is this grand work of God. It's still, it's there's, but there's still the conditions still have the to be met. Condition has has to be met. Be- or, we can't they, make it. We if, can't. That's right. We can't meet it. And if they aren't, then God isn't just. Yes. Then something that yeah. is necessary within His character has been violated, and that is what we see in Romans three. Right. There's a crisis in the heavenly realms because God has passed over sins. There is a rightful accusation against God that He has been unjust. Well, what is he going to do? Well, he puts forward his son to take the punishment of that sin to be at the same time so that God can be just and the justifier so that somehow, and, and the somehow is in the person of Christ Jesus, he is both merciful and does not clear the guilty. All sin is paid for. The conditions have been met. And yet forgiveness is still an option. And so that is what we find in the character of God, and literally in his very own self-description that is extended and made clear in the person of Jesus. And that is what we see in that vertical expectation of what forgiveness means. So, so far, what we've said is if we're going to have a conversation, a horizontal conversation about forgiveness, we have to understand it vertically first. And we've said at least two things that we learned from Scripture is that God's forgiveness of us is conditional. Yes. Uh, and it's conditioned, it's conditional based on repentance. The second thing we've said is that when God forgives, he doesn't forget. Rather, he promises not to bring it up again. We could say he promises not to remember it against us any longer. Sure. But but there's a there's this promise. In a poetic sense, he forgets, but yeah. not in a, a, that's a systematic that's right. sense. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. The third thing I think we'd point out is that when we talk about, and maybe this is our transition to the horizontal level, and and, and I smell a part two coming up here real quick. <laughs> it seems to happen to us. We don't, we don't intend for them yeah. to be two parts, and then we start going, we're like, yeah, we need to keep going on that. I don't know. <laughs> but I think... Um, God commanded us to deal with one another conditionally. Now I know hmm. that's a that's a big statement, but but that's what. So I'm 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 suggesting that not only is God's forgiveness conditional, but He commands us to deal with each other conditionally. I think the the text that 
spells this out the best is is kind of the the big one is Matthew 18. Okay. And and verses 15 through 17. Yep. And he says this. If and I, I'm in verse 15. It starts off with if. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. In other words, you've been reconciled. If hmm. he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Um, Luke 17.3 is maybe a more concise um, statement of this. It says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, there's the if statement, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. That's pretty concise. Um, pretty So forgiveness is really conditioned on the person's repentance. Now, that raises I'll use to use your that raises all kinds of flags, all kinds of tension and and misunderstandings. But I just maybe we we just stick our feet in the water here for a few minutes and and just let that soak because that's huge. Hmm. Well, yeah, and, and so the flag for me when I hear you say this, I don't want to give somebody cover to withhold. Forgive or or to act and be like, well, it's conditional, and so I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to have the the forgiveness is not extended to you until you've repented, right? And and it's it's a uh, it's a way of setting up barriers and, and walls. Oh, yeah. uh, which I don't th- not not I don't think is not the biblical call to forgiveness. That is not what is mentioned in the conditionality. Again, because your your forgiveness is supposed to mirror that of God, and so while God's is conditional upon repentance, it is not a well. We'll just wait and see what you do, you you stinking little humans. You know, yeah. it, it's not a an antagonistic. I'm going to wait and withhold my forgiveness because I'm vengeful yeah. and angry at you. That's the ditch, right? That's the was so don't it, fall on that side. When I when I hear that forgiveness is conditional, it's like, oh, sweet, okay. I don't have to forgive. So here yeah. I here I sit with my arms crossed, going, okay, I don't have to forgive. I'm not going to, Luke. I'm not forgiving you until you repent. Hmm. Right. And that's that couldn't be further. Don't from, go there. Yeah, don't go there. And 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 but that's. But that's where this idea of conditional forgiveness gets misunderstood. Mm. That we know inherently there's something wrong with that, but we can't really articulate what it is. And so this is where I would maybe we can start to tease this out and we, we do more of the practical aspect of this in part two. But the, when we, I think it's this, this, this idea of conditional forgiveness really. Um, flies in the face of therapeutic forgiveness, right? Because, again, the therapeutic forgiveness says, I don't care what you do or don't do, I just don't want to become bitter. I I had had, um, a number of years ago, this is where I really started to think about this. I had a couple of friends who... um, we were in a small group together, and uh, this goes year, this is goes back a number of years. But um, one of the uh, and these two guys were we were all three friends, but these two guys were best friends. 
And um, the one uh, guy sinned just mm. grievously against the other. And um, the other one was just so unwilling to forgive. But after a couple of years, they got together. And I'll never forget the one fellow's words. He said, yeah, I forgive you, but I want nothing to do with you again. And I knew in that time, there's something wrong with that. That That's not forgiveness. I couldn't quite articulate all the things that were that it, r- wrong with that. Well, it's not a horizontal forgiveness that exemplifies that vertical forgiveness that we've just yeah, talked about. Exactly. So would it, would it, was it therapeutic forgiveness in your assessment? Well, yeah, I think that's so it was, it certainly had, um, it certainly looked like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the idea, I know I'm supposed to forgive. Bible tells me I'm supposed to forgive. So yeah, I forgive you. But so there was no pressure to do it. Right. Like you were alluding to earlier. Yeah. It, but there was no, as you said, there was no vertical aspect. In, in other words, the gospel was, there was no gospel motivation in any of that. And so as we think about this on a uh, on a horizontal level, I, I the first thing, again, the ditch that we don't want to get into is, okay, I'm just going to sit and wait for you. Because forgiveness has reconciliation view. Let's go back to right. that. That's the big... So the real question so is it, when it, I'm... It does that... Well, let me pause you real quick. It does that vertically, but that should also be the what we seek to emulate horizontally. Right. Because, I mean, if we're going to find a text here on everything that we've said so far, it's going to be Colossians 3.13, that you're to forgive as Christ forgave you. you. Go, okay, how does Christ forgive me? Now I have to apply that type of mindset, which is a forgiveness towards reconciliation. That, that's exactly right. Okay. So, see, in the example I used with my friend, the truth was he had no desire to reconcile. He had been, in his mind... He had been so deeply offended and so deeply hurt that the last thing he wanted to do is to reconcile. So I think that's the first question that we have to ask ourselves mm. is, as we think about forgiveness is, do I really want to reconcile? Mm-hmm. So it's not just it's not just sitting there with my arms crossed waiting for for you to yeah. right. It's I gotta first check my own heart out and say, number one, what you said. Am I am I meditating on the gospel? Am I thinking about all that I've been forgiven and how much Christ, uh, how He continues to forgive me? Is that my motivation? And then the second thing is, do I really want to reconcile? Because for most of us, that's where we get hung up. The truth is, I don't want to reconcile. I want you to, un- I want you to feel a little bit of the hurt and pain that you've caused me. Right. Which at some level means we didn't do the first one. Right? Be- That's right, because if you've thought properly about what has Christ forgiven you, what does Christ continue to forgive in you? Right, it's 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 the parable to continue ha- to have forgiven you. I don't know, whatever I whatever I'm trying to say. It, it's the parable of the man who was forgiven a great debt, and then he went and he refused to forgive the guy who owed him a little debt. Matthew 18. Is that not the exact thing that we are doing when we look at somebody and say, "I'll I'll forgive you, but I won't reconcile"? Like, no. You didn't forgive as Christ forgave. Yeah, He That's... forgave so much more and continues to do so to put you in right relationship. And you, how you have the audacity to go look at a brother or sister in the Lord and go, well, I'll kind of forgive. Yeah. 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 You can call it forgiveness. Sure. It's not forgiveness. Right. It's not biblically. Right. So now here's where I say it's so much bigger is so in that moment, do I really want to reconcile? But you see, there's a number of other path, path, 
passages that I think speak into this. Matthew 5, Romans 12. Maybe Romans 12 is a good place to start. But while I'm waiting for the other person to repent, in what ways am I moving towards them? I'm not just sitting here idle with my arms crossed waiting for them to repent, but in what ways am I moving Mm. towards them relationally? In what ways am I pursuing reconciliation? In what ways am I returning? So here's where I have Matthew 5, Romans 12 in mind. In what ways am I returning good for evil? So, for example— That's a Christ-like forgiveness. That's a Christ-like forgiveness. So Mm. when I think about Romans 12, um, the the entire— Oh, man, verses 9 through 21, and we won't, for the sake of time, read yeah, those. Yeah, we'll, we'll tease that out more next time, but, but can you go, go but ahead. Just, but just a, couple of, just a couple of ideas. Repay, verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Mm. Um, never avenge yourselves. Uh, if your enemy, I'm, I'm jumping, verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. You see the you see the moving towards them relationally. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Verse twenty one, and I, this kind of sums up that whole part. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. So there's this picture of moving towards the other person, person horizontally, uh, pursuing because I want to be reconciled because God reconciled me. I didn't deserve it. I I deserved. You know his wrath. I deserve, but yet he forgave me, as you alluded to earlier. This huge, infinite debt, whatever I have to forgive on a horizontal level, pales in comparison to that. So, because I'm after reconciliation, how can I look for ways to return good for evil? How can I pray for you? How can I? You, you, there's this movement forward. There's not just this sitting back waiting for the other person to repent. It's mm. great. So. so well, uh, so I hear all that. We've we're thirty four minutes already, um, so we have a lot to tease out at the horizontal level. Because because really, when you and I talked about this, we sat down and we were talking about it briefly and looked at each other and it's like, man, I want I wanted to do a podcast on this because this is so immensely applicational for everyone's life. And to this point, mostly we've talked about the theoretical or theological. Yeah. There's so much to say about how that gets teased out. Because this is something you're going to have to do with your coworkers, with your spouse, with your children, with all, all everyone everywhere. Every with, day. <laughs> over and over <laughs> and over again, you have to look in the mirror of forgiveness and make a choice to be like Christ or not. Yeah. And so I, I really want to tease that out with some of these passages. I mean, Romans 12 is a great one. I love that text. Um, but Yeah. So let's do that when we, when we come back. And we'll yeah. talk about resources then and some other things related yep. to, to forgiveness. Yeah. Keep teasing it out. Sounds good. Great. Uh, with Shakespeare and uh, to to our earlier conversation about should we read uh, books outside of what, what insight does Shakespeare have? At least this we can say is true. Earthly power doth then show like its gods when mercy seasons justice. And we'll keep thinking about how to tease that out <laughs> next time.